Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's Pastor Tim. Y'all doing all right? I am so grateful that you all are here. And if you are a first-time visitor, please go out into uh, the foyer, the lobby area, because we have a free gift for you and we want you all to have it. I want to give a shout-out to our Vitamin E family. Can we give it up for our Vitamin E people? We love you guys. Thank you for watching. Get in that chat. Let us know where you're from. We are so grateful that you chose to be with us from literally all over the world uh, today. Uh, I, I just want to celebrate once again uh, all the people uh, that are being baptized, making a public declaration for Jesus. We baptize in our 9 a.m. service. We've baptized in our 11 a.m. service. And after this service, we actually have more people that are going to be baptized as well. So we're celebrating everybody that has done that. I also know that uh, friends and family of those that have been baptized has, have come just to celebrate and to support and to witness it as well. And so we are grateful uh, that you are here. If you do not go to church at all, and the only reason why you showed up is because your family or friend got baptized and they kind of guilted you into being here. Maybe they promised you lunch after this. We're grateful that you came. If you don't come back for the rest of the year, yay you. At least you can check that I went to church in 2022 and it was Embassy City Church. Um, but I want to give a context. Uh, I, I think there's no better time than to preach and teach on baptism than on a day when people have been baptized. And so for those of you all that may not have a context to uh, uh, what has happened, maybe those that have uh, been baptized may not have a full context to what they've done. Obviously, they know that they've uh, placed their faith in Jesus Christ. They've made a public declaration of it. But I want you to have uh, what will be received by most uh, a sobering reminder of what being baptized in water represents. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Colossians chapter number two. The book of Colossians chapter number two. I want to read you some verses there, starting at the sixth verse. In Colossians chapter number two, I believe that there is uh, my assignment and something that I feel like God wants to say. Uh, I'm going to have to look at these screens because I think these screens have gone dead, which is not a problem for me uh, because I am nimble. <laughs> so Colossians chapter number two, starting at the sixth verse, and here's what it says. And now, just as you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Now, I wish this was my sermon today uh, because uh, we live in a culture right now uh, that starts with Jesus and ends up with someone else. Just as you accepted Jesus Christ your Lord, you must continue to follow him. There are some people that started following Jesus, but they, they've fallen behind a little bit. And so Paul's reminding them that you started something, you got to continue goes on to say, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. 
For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Oh, this is good. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised. Everybody say circumcised. But do it with the quotations. Say circumcised. One more time, real demonstratively, say circumcised. You were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were what? Baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Oh, that's good. Go back to verse number 11. It's just real juicy in there. When you came to Christ, you were what? Circumcised. What? Circumcised. Circumcised. But not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. Oh, that's good. It is my assignment to preach to you from the subject this morning. Two words. Cut off. I want to talk to you about what it means to be cut off. Bow your heads, let's pray, shall we? Holy Spirit, cut us away from ourselves. Amen. <laughs> Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ called by God to declare Jesus Christ as Lord, not just to the Jew but to the Gentiles as well. Something I'm very, very grateful for. Paul, like no other Jewish writer, gives us Gentiles a context to the Jewish faith in a way that we can appreciate, understand, and metabolize so that we don't feel left out from the revelation that those called by God, those first called by God, the Jewish people, understand. Without many of Paul's writings, we would feel like outsiders. We would feel like uh, we don't have a full grasp of uh, what God was trying to communicate to his chosen people and to those of us that have been engrafted. But I'm so grateful for Paul. Paul is a man that started out vehemently opposed to anybody that believed that Jesus Christ was God that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And in him being opposed to those that loved Jesus, in his pursuit of those to prosecute and to persecute, he became a follower of Jesus himself. And I love when God changes our hearts in a way that is even unexpected to us. Anybody beside me ever said never? <laughs> Any point in your life? You, you ever said what you was never going to do? And then a few years later, you evered? <laughs> Anybody beside me? You, you, I'll never do that. I'll never go there. I would never say that. I would never act in that way. And then a couple of months later, a couple of weeks later, a couple of decades later, you like, I do that. <laughs> Paul never saw himself believing in Yeshua 
as Messiah. And then all of a sudden, unexpectedly and gratefully, God turned his never into an ever. And that ever became eternal because of what he said. So Paul puts pen to paper when he uh, begins to write to those in Colossus, and he's letting them know that, that, that there, is a, there, is a, there is a context that I need you to have. There is a, there, there is a love for uh, uh, your, your Savior that I, I do not want you to miss out on. And, and though you are Gentile, I cannot leave you in the dark. I'm the one that has metabolized the, the, the Torah. I am the one that understands the Pentateuch. We had to have it memorized by the time we were 13. I know you as Gentiles don't have a grasp of it, but I cannot leave you in the dark. I want you to know who it is that you worship. I want you to know the hidden truths about Christ. I want you to, be, I want you to have a revelation that I have that everything in the Old Testament pointed to. Everything he is in the New Testament I want you to have an understanding. He starts off by saying what we read. Uh, please don't get this mistaken. You started off with him, but you got to stay with him. You started off this journey and nobody said it was going to be easy. If you read the Bible correctly, nobody said that you were never going to have a bad day. Jesus never promised you that you were going to be happy every single day that you were following him. He promised that he would be with you always, even until the ends of the earth. And so when you mature as a believer, you stop thinking that blessings equate to relationship. You know that whether you have a blessing or you miss a blessing, God is still faithful. Paul says, you have to have this on the inside of you. You started with him. You're the one that made this confection. Nobody forced you to do this. So don't turn back now. You started, keep going. God is with you and he is for you. Then he goes into something else that I just think is so savvy of Paul. Paul, who is an influential leader during this time. Paul that has established many churches. Paul that has gone on three missionary journeys and, 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 and established churches and strengthened churches and brought structure to churches. He said, I want your roots to grow down in him. Not me. In him. Paul, in a very deft way, is cutting off uh, people being addicted to his personality. He says, I, I know you've been influenced by my ministry, but don't get it twisted. Your roots have to go down into Jesus. Don't let them go down into me. I could disappoint you. Only follow me as I follow Christ. Your roots need to go down into him, which means you can start showing up to the church in Colossus, whether I'm here or not, because your roots are going down into him which means you are not starting to build your life upon a personality, which means that if that personality falls, then you fall because your roots are not going down into your preacher. Your roots are going down into the one he's preached about. He says, let your roots go down into him. Then Paul begins to unlock treasure for us as Gentiles that I never would have understood unless a Jewish man explained it to me. Paul starts writing with Gentiles in mind. You know, us Gentiles, them folks that have not one drop of blood of Jewish DNA on the inside of them, but we got in anyway because 
God loved us so much that he would not have us on the outskirts of his promise. And so we as Gentiles have been engrafted into the same promise that Abraham received. Even though we are not a part of that original uh, uh, promise, we were engrafted in because on Christ's broken body on the cross, shedding his blood, he took two different groups, Jews and Gentiles, and in his own broken body produced a new group of people called the church not a Jewish church not a not a Gentile church but the church of the Lord Jesus Christ was birthed through Jesus's broken body and his shed blood and he says hey um y'all need to know something you were circumcised but not with a physical procedure if, if Paul would have been just speaking to a Jewish co uh, a community, he would have never had to bring this up because the Jews would have already had a full context to it. Uh, but, but he brings it up for us Gentiles so that we would have a context because he knows that there was something that God established in the Old Testament that had New Testament ramifications and implications, revelation and manifestation, and he wanted to make sure we had it as well. So he said, hey, you need to understand something that you were circumcised, but not with a physical procedure. You were circumcised by a spiritual procedure. Now, this is very, very important because the first circumcision that was given with a promise was to Abram. 24 years after establishing a relationship uh, uh, with God, God asked him to reciprocate it. Isn't it amazing? This is grace of God already. This is grace 101, that God will call you into a relationship with him and not make many requirements of you up front. He always knew he was going to ask Abraham to circumcise himself, but he did not ask on week one. He did not ask in year one. He did not ask on the 5th anniversary. He did not ask on the 10th anniversary. He did not ask on the 20th anniversary. On the 24th year of their relationship, he says, hey, Abram, how you doing? It's been going pretty good for us, right? You, you, you stepped away from your father's land and you started following me by faith and, and you've seen all the blessings and the favor that I've brought to your life because you decided to say yes to my will and yes to my way. And I haven't asked much of you except obedience, but at some point, uh, and this is that point, uh, I'm going to need you to reciprocate that covenant. And the way that I want you to reciprocate that covenant is I need you to circumcise yourself. Abraham is 99 years old when he gets this command. He is not eight days old, which is going to be uh, the perpetuation of the covenant for everyone that comes after him. He's 99 years old. Scripture does not afford us the opportunity to know what his first reaction was. Scripture is so clear in some areas and so vague in others he, that we don't get to know what his first thought was. First of all, I would ask, what is that? But he says, uh, I need you to circumcise yourself. And Abraham, who is 99 years old, who had obeyed every other thing that God told him to do at that point, got out of his tent. Started walking around, picking up rocks. That's too smooth. That's too jagged. And he found a rock. And he found a private place. And he started sharpening 
that rock. Enough to get at least, you know, something that felt like it was sharp enough to at least cut. And Abraham at 99 years old with no antiseptic (laughs) and no anesthesia takes a rock and pulls his foreskin and starts cutting at it. Because you know, this wasn't a scalpel. So it wasn't going to be one clean cut. He had to. All the ladies are giggling. All the men are like, hurry up. What is your point, sir? This is painful. And he cuts off the foreskin of his flesh surrounding his penis. And literally, God says, okay, we can continue. You have a 13-year-old named Ishmael. Do the same to him. Teenage boy, 13. Come here, son. Huh? (laughs) And not just his son but every male servant in his house. Can you imagine that conversation? Abraham walks up to one of his employees. Hey, sir. I know that this wasn't previously listed in your job description, but I'm going to need something from you. You can do it or I can do it. I prefer you to do it. But in order for us to keep our covenant with God, he's required a sign in our own body. How many of you all know that a little flesh can get in the way of you and your relationship with God? Doesn't take much. He did not ask Abraham to castrate himself. He didn't ask him to cut off his pinky toe. He did not ask for one of his fingers. He did not ask for one of his ears. He said there is a little bit of flesh that can get in the way of our relationship. It doesn't take much. But but, but I need you to do this because if you don't do this, we can't go further in our relationship. And so he establishes circumcision through Abram and through that first family. But everybody after him on the eighth day, every male Jewish boy that has been born on the eighth day, they are circumcised. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, cut off. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, cut off. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, cut off the eighth day. New beginning, cut it off. Paul says, you, you may not have understood, but, but, but you were circumcised. Not with a physical procedure like us Jews have had to go through, but you were spiritually circumcised when you gave your life to Jesus. This goes to show you that, that, that Jesus is not just a rock strong enough to stand on, He is a rock sharp enough to cut on. 
That you were never meant to take Jesus just as your security to build a strong foundation, but you were meant to take Jesus as your cutting stone to cut away your bad habits, to cut away generational curses, to cut away your attitude, to cut away your mouth, to cut away your mind, to cut away anything that gets in the way of your relationship with him. Everybody that got in that pool today, everybody that will get in that pool today is going through circumcision. They are going through a cutting off. Anybody beside me ever been cut off by a job, by a relationship, by a family member? You ever been cut off? You, you, the, the pain of that cutting off? I, I know when it comes to a job, uh, 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 they, they, they make sure you know that it is a cutting off. They call your last check severance. We are giving you a severance check. We are circumcising ourselves away from you, which means no matter how much you apologize, no matter how much we apologize, you are not coming back. When you cut something off, you cut it with the intention that it never is supposed to be reconnected. When you cut something off, it dries out. It becomes brittle. It becomes fragile because it's never meant to be reconnected again. As we cheered everybody that went down in the water, what we were cheering is that they were cutting themselves off from themselves. The old them went down, the new them came up because they were literally going through a reenactment of what Jesus went through in his death, burial, and resurrection, which is why we toss you back and not forward because we want to see you go down and come up. It's the reason why you completely submerge in the water and you don't just get sprinkled on your head because you're not truly buried until you're under. You step in that water, half of you is wet, half of you is dry. We got to fix this. We can't circumcise halfway. I need you all the way dead. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of us are half dead because we refuse to go under. We, ref we refuse to complete the process. So we step into the water, but it's like, you know what? This is just me. This is the way the Lord made me. Everybody in the family got an attitude like this. This just us. This is just me. And the Lord's like, you need to die. I need you under. And based on the way you're talking, I need you held under. Some of us, when we get baptized, we need to almost die and then come up. Like tap the dude's leg that's baptizing you. Like you can't breathe. You're about to take in water. You come up like, Why? Because in a very spiritual way, there's some dead bodies in that pool right now. Young bodies and old bodies and male bodies and female bodies. There's some dead bodies in that pool. This is why I told everybody that is getting baptized today, mark it down like it was a birthday. You need to mark down the time of death. 12, 16. 
May 22nd, 2022, I went down in the water. Why, why would I tell you to mark it down? Because there's going to be some days where the enemy comes to test you to see if the old you is still there. And you need to be able to tell them the sight that the person died. Uh, uh, no, that person's in the water, dead, and you can't get them back because they drained the water, which went into the sewer, so you can't really get me back. I'd have to go into the gutter to pull myself out. I don't even want the old me. He and she is dead. That's good. He, he, he said, you, you, you experienced this circumcision when you were baptized. When you went down in the water and you came up, you were cut off. Now, I told you this is a sober message. This is not a message that you can skip out of here on. You can't talk about circumcision and people be walking out like this. Woo! Got circumcised. <laughs> Got cut off today. Now, people that come out of circumcision walk like this. <sighs> hey, man, you want to go play basketball? Oh, God, no, no, Jesus. <laughs> Layup sounds painful right now, sir. I can't, I can't do nothing but... Uh, Sit down somewhere. Want to go out? No, I can't go out today. I'm, 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 I'm recovering from the circumcision. Because when you get circumcised, you, you have to sit down for a while. Because the cutting away of your old you will make you grieve. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The old you is all you've ever known. And, and so when you get cut away from that attitude... You got to grieve losing the way you clap back at people. When you cut away from your old uh, uh, behavior, you have to grieve the fact that this is no longer your pacifier that you can go to because it's been cut off. You got to find a new way to cope with your situations because now I can't go back to the bottle. I've been cut off. Now I can't go back to the porn site. I've been cut off. Now I can't go back to him. I've been cut off. I can't go back to her. I've been cut off. I can't go back to that. I have been cut off. You all right? Yeah. What happened? Uh, I had to do something. Who hurt you? Me. <laughs> you hurt yourself? Yeah. Why? Because um, I had a little bit of flesh that was getting in the way of my relationship with the Lord. And he asked for it. Oh, be careful. When you ask the Lord to show you what he wants you to take away. Because he aims at the most intimate places. Now, I, let, let me say this. I, 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 I can't call this graphic because it's in scripture. But I do want to talk about, I do want to at, at least acknowledge that I am talking about specific things uh, that might make you uncomfortable. There's plenty of people that came today that did not want these images that I'm putting in your head about circumcision. Yet, this is the message and so here we go. What is interesting about uh, circumcision is that uh, once uh, the procedure is done, it leaves uh, the most sensitive area of a man exposed, which means stimulation and arousal is easier because they don't have to fight to pull back any flesh to expose that which is sensitive. An uncircumcised heart has a hard time being stimulated by the Holy Spirit because you have to keep fighting to pull back your flesh to even get a word. 
It is only when you have been cut off from yourself, when it's, it's only when you get that flesh out of the way that the, the smallest prompting of the Holy Spirit makes you go, yes, Lord. The, the, the slightest nudge of the Holy Spirit says, yes, sir, I will go that way. But you find somebody that, 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 that can't do that as easily, it's because they still have too much carnality surrounding their heart. I'm in here. I'm in here. The whole body preaches. The reason why we have been so ashamed in church to preach about something God created is because we've allowed secular culture to rob the glory of the bodies God made. And I just want to redeem the narrative that the body was made by God to teach us what we are supposed to be doing in our relationship with him. This is not a campaign for circumcision. Which all the men that are uncircumcised said, thank God. I thought you were trying to sign us up. No, no, no. But the physical circumcision gives us a revelation of what is spiritual. When you've been cut off from you, you are sensitive to what God wants you to do. And you are not wrestling unnecessarily with your flesh. I know this for a fact, people. This is not theory. After 26 years of being with the Lord, I have been cut off from the old me to the point that he ain't got to talk to me five times about no thing. When he says move now, I just go. When I first got saved, he would say something. I'd be like, is that you? <laughs> if it is, say it again twice and let a red cardinal fly by my window. <laughs> Between 712 and 716. <laughs> don't, don't leave me out there like I'm the only one that's ever done it. Anybody beside me needed like 22 confirmations off of one word from the Lord? <laughs> Once you cut off, that thing that was hindering you, you start, he says something one time, you'd be like, I have to go. The reason why Abraham could do this at 99 without being provoked, without being told five times, is that he had already been circumcised in his heart. And once you're circumcised in your heart, the actions that he asks you to do are light work. Let me give you this last uh, piece and then, and then I'll go. Uh, I'm just citing this. Uh, it's not going to pop up. Uh, but in Joshua chapter number five, the children of Israel are about to cross over into the promised land. In their crossing over into the promised land, they are literally about to step from where they had been in the wilderness into the promise that God had always called them to step into. The problem was that a whole generation had grown up and their fathers never circumcised them. Now, this is an indictment to the generation before because the, the generation before, in their disbelief, were told that they were not going to be able to enter into the promised land. Even though God was still going to provide for them, their clothes never were out, their shoes never were out. He made sure they had manna. He made sure they had quail. He made sure that they still had a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But he told them, you can't go into the promised land because of your unbelief. Without faith, is it impossible to please God? Hear me, without faith, not trust. God does not tell you you have to trust him. He says you have to put your faith in him. You cannot have faith without the absence of doubt. So he does not mind you having doubt as long as it doesn't supersede the fact that you have faith. If you have 
51% faith and 49% doubt, you can step into the promises of God. He is not waiting for you to get to 100%. He is waiting for you to get to that 1% over your doubt to step into the thing that he has called you to do. I'm preaching up in here. So... So, so, so a whole generation grew up and they weren't circumcised, and this is an indictment to the previous generation because the previous generation, through passive aggressiveness, said, well, if we don't get in, we don't care if our kids get in. Circumcised, had the promise, covenant in their body, but literally shunned their nose at their own children and said, well, I don't care if y'all go in, I ain't going in. So I don't care if y'all have a marker in your body. So eight days went by and the Jewish boys were not circumcised. Whole generation grew up uncircumcised. God is still using them, but now they are on the literal cusp of going into the promise that was first given to Abraham, and, 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 and God recognizes it. He let, this, is, this is the thing about grace. God will let you go so far. God will let you go so far without calling you out on your stuff. God will let you go so far with that attitude. He'll let you go so far with that habit. He'll let you go so far with that mindset. He'll let you go so far, but then there's certain things he will not let you step into without having an updated conversation. And you've experienced victory, and you've had breakthrough, and you've had promotion, and, 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 and you've had all these things happen, and you think you're okay, and God's like, you ain't okay. I see something you can't, but I'm going I'm to I'm come get it. I'm not going to come get it now, but I, but you, mm -mm. I called you like you were, but I'm not going to leave you like you are. I'm coming to get that. Yeah. Trust and believe. Because the only people that can uh, 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 say they follow Jesus and not change are people that are not right behind him. It's impossible to be in close proximity with Jesus and not change. The only followers I've seen of Jesus that don't change are people that are five miles back. But the ones up close, even when they don't want to, they're like, let me put this down. Jesus just showed up. <laughs> I was about to do it, but then Jesus is here. I can't do this in front of Jesus. It's going to embarrass me and him. I can't do this to the Lord. I can't do this to the whole kingdom culture. Let me just, let me fall back real quick. He, he, he sits in this space and God tells Joshua uh, I see something a whole generation is about to step into the promised land they're about to cross over Jordan and step into the promised land here's what I want you to let you know Joshua if these people cross over the Jordan into the promised land and they don't bear the mark in their body of the covenant that I started with Abraham they will drop dead what should be a promise will turn into a curse because they won't do what I asked their, far, their forefathers to do. And I know the generation before should have handled this, but sometimes you, can, you have to, thank, ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit, you have to stop blaming the previous generation for what has held you back. And at some point, you have to just reconcile. This should have happened. It didn't happen. But I'm going to make sure I change it. I'm not waiting for my daddy to apologize. I'm not waiting for the church that hurt me to send me a letter telling me that they were wrong. I have to take ownership of where I am now and where I am going. So I'm going to deal with this myself. Can you imagine Joshua coming out to his mightiest warriors? 
Days away from stepping into the promised land. Days away from stepping into the promise that was given to Abraham. He never saw it with his own eyes, but now his DNA is about to cross over into the blessings that started with him. And, and Joshua goes out to the army, and they were like, he was like, men, are you ready? We're ready. These are warriors. Hooah. Let's go. We ready. Let's get it. You ready to go into the promised land? Yeah. You ready to take back the kingdom for, for God's glory? Yeah. Weapons out? <laughs> you ready to fight? Yeah. Who we gonna kill first? Canaanites? Amorites? Jebusites? Parasites? <laughs> Philistines? Which ones we after first? Who do we kill first? Who do we get to cut first? So glad you asked. <laughs> See, the thing is, I was in my prayer tent. <laughs> Got to stay culturally relevant to where they were. They had no closet. It was a prayer tent. I was in my prayer tent, and um, the Lord said, uh, before we go any further... Before you cut one person, you're going to have to cut you. Before you go into spiritual warfare, tearing down principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places, before you ready, get ready to go wage war in a city, before you get ready to go take back territory for Jesus, the first fight you got it's against your own flesh. So before you point this sword outwardly, I need you to point it back at you. Find you a spot, man. And I'm going to need you to have, I'm going to need you to cut off your foreskin. Can you imagine? This is your first order? You're a military man. You're ready to go to war. And the first war is against you. They got that order? Oh, you, uh, if you're going that way, I'll go this way or this. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of men got to find a spot. At least they had swords. They didn't have to get no rocks. Hopefully it was two. I don't know. They cut it off. And every time one of them men cut it off, they came back with the foreskin and flicked it down on the ground. Next one came up. Flicked it down on the ground. Next one came up. Thousands of men did this. Scripture said it was as high as a hill. Can you imagine rolling up to their camp? Is that hay or is <laughs> I've never seen some stack so high. What is that? Just some foreskins. We are just uh, preparing for battle, preparing to go into the things that the Lord called us to. And what's that? Just a huge pile of foreskins. Just uh, this was our first battle was against ourselves. 
Scripture says that God picked over the balcony of heaven and could see it. It was stacked so high, and he called the place Gilgal. So this is the place where I've rolled back the reproach. And Scripture says this in Joshua chapter number 5. God gave them time to heal. He will never call you to cut you and not give you time to heal. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He will hold your enemies at bay while you recover from what you did to yourself. Because it would not be like a loving God to tell you to cut you and go fight somebody else at the same time. But I tell you, once they got healed, it was light work. Stepping into the promised land was light work. And let me tell you what happens after you get circumcised. You just see everybody differently. All you see after you get circumcised is circumcised and uncircumcised. And this changes your attitude towards people. You, you stop looking at people as your haters. You stop looking at people as your enemies and you just go, you're just not, you're just not circumcised. That's the only reason why you're acting like that because you ain't cut your flesh. <laughs> only reason why you got your attitude is because you ain't cut your flesh. And I used to be you because I, I would cuss you out too. I would cuss you out right back. You have no idea I would cuss you out, but that person drowned in some water and so I can't go get them back. And so... God bless you and your life. Let me just go ahead and pray for you now. I would have shot you, but the way my... That person got drowned in the water, and so I can't do that to you now. Uh, I would pull up the emails and purr our last conversation, but I... That person got drowned in the water. I do still have all the receipts from 2013 of every interaction we've ever had, but that person has drowned in the water. I used to be petty, but I had to cut her off. I used to be carnal, but I had to cut him off. I used to be violent. I had to cut that off. I used to be lustful. I had to cut that off. I used to be sad all the time, but I had to cut that off. I used to be angry, but I had to cut that off. And so if you see some people walking out of here like this today, there's nothing wrong. There's something right. Again, this is not a, you, you can't preach circumcision and people get happy. Like this ain't, there's no crescendo coming. Like, are y'all ready to cut it off? <laughs> Somebody say, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't do that. There's no way to make that happen. Not even with, the, not even with music. You, everybody would just be like, oh, just stop. Just, I'm going to do it, but don't try to hype me. Like I. <laughs> oh, I play too much. Okay, anyway. I wanted you to have a sober reality to what's just happened. For the people that have been baptized, about to get baptized, you're about to get cut off. For those of us that have been baptized, we have been cut off. And perhaps you got baptized and never had this context, and you need to get cut off. There's some water right over there. But I promise you that Christ is the solid rock that I stand on, and he is the sharpest rock that I could cut on. He keeps me cut off from my sinful nature. 
so that I can be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit each and every day of my life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? My hope, my prayer is that you can see your relationship with God in a new way. You can see him as this sharp rock that can cut you away from anything that's hindering you from a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. God, I thank you for your gifts, your talents. Thank you for the people here that are publicly confessing and declaring that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. God, I pray that you would take this message and the sober reality thereof and allow us to walk with you in the most sensitive ways possible. God, we thank you for being cut off so that we could be brought in. Bless us as we walk. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.